In this episode of the Granted Podcast, Andrea Stewart discusses her essay on feminist pornography with Josie Mitchell. Travels in Pornland originally appeared in the online edition of Granta 137, Legacies of Love. I'd be quite helpful to start by talking a bit about what feminist porn is, or what I think there's a few different things that people talk about when they talk about feminist porn. Feminist porn um, emerged as a result of um, the mainstream porn world. It was an attempt to kind of in some way counteract the, those, the kinds of images that mainstream porn was putting out, and at this point more and more. And therefore, it was about trying to create images that were erotic for women, but didn't, however, have the unpleasant, often um, barbaric, and um, often hostile, often abusive images that were enshrined in mainstream porn. Mm-hmm. So it was trying to find a porn that women who were feminists could enjoy and consume without feeling guilt and without feeling shitty. So I think what we're going to start with is you're going to read a passage which is actually the opening of the essay. And this, the essay um, on travels in Pornland kind of came out of a fascination with, um, with the world of porn on one level. Um, which I thought kind of was beginning to intrude in a way that it never had before in the lives of the people I knew and myself. And I suppose I was trying in this case to find a way to navigate it, to make sense of it, because I just didn't really get what was going on. I can easily recall my first brush with porn. I was seven. My brother and I had set up to see a friend, a boy around our age. When we arrived, he asked if we wanted to see something. We knew it would be good because he was whispering, even though his parents were outside, talking over next door's fence. We followed him to his parents' room and watched as he pulled up a chair in front of his father's wardrobe. He had to stand on tiptoe to reach the top shelf. When he clambered down, he presented us with a magazine with a pair of bunny ears stenciled upon the cover. It fell open to the centre, and there before us was a technicolour image of a topless woman, her strawberry blonde hair flowing in the wind, with large pinky brown nipples. My brother and I looked at one another. We knew that being naked was naughty, but we had also seen our mother's breasts, so we weren't quite sure why this picture was worth all this secrecy and effort. But we stared attentively, nonetheless. Of course, as a child, I didn't understand this image as pornography any more than our friend did. Nor did I know anything about Hugh Hefner's infamous magazine created in 1953, long before I was born. We hid the magazine and dispatched it from our minds, dismissing it as yet another one of those mysteries that belong to the adult world. A decade or so later, as a teenager in the late 1970s and 80s, porn seemed the province of sad old men in raincoats who visited barred and grubby shops in London's seedy Soho. Or it was the stuff that boys at my brother's school hid in under their mattresses. But attitudes towards sex were changing. Intellectual people like my parents proudly kept a copy of addicts' comforts, the joy of sex on their shelves. 
which taught a new generation how to have a good time. Inevitably, of course, this loosening of mores meant that representations of the nude body and sex were more commonplace. But it was only at university, several years later, that erotica, such as Anais Nin's Delta of Venus or Nancy Friday's My Secret Garden, became part of my friend's reading repertoire. But Paul Hussey, in magazines or films, had little or no place in my life. The new libertarianism, however, was having a profound influence on the representation of sex, even if I was too naive to notice it. In the 1970s, the hardcore film Deep Throat, in which a doctor encounters a woman with no gag reflex, became a huge hit. Its success ushered in a golden age of porn and erotic mainstream films, like Bertolucci's Last Tango in Paris, starring Marlon Brando. By the late 80s, I was working at a feminist magazine, Spare Room. I was delightfully out of my depth, but my consciousness was expanding daily. In our Clerkenwell office, I was exposed to the debates about women's sexuality and the images made of them that raged across the women's movement. Theorists like Andrea Dworkin and Catherine McKinnon, anxious about the misogyny associated with the porn industry, developed a vociferous anti-porn narrative embodied by their slogan, porn is the theory, rape is the practice. Meanwhile, sex-positive feminists argue that porn was an opportunity for sexual self-expression. It was, they argued, a potential radical act of self-revelation that allowed many women an independent income, access to an empowering political discourse, and the chance to create a sex-positive identity that would enrich their erotic lives. This conflict became known as the sex or porn wars and divided feminist debates on the subject to this day. One point I think you made that I really that really resonated for me was you saying you understood that women would perhaps avoid mainstream porn sites because they weren't ever sure what they were going to come across. They see themselves in the female role and it's really quite abusive. What frightened me when I went online and started just trailing through was that how little of the product was images of consensual happy people having sex. Virtually none of it was like that. Even um, and you, you you know you press buttons and you and you move from horrible image to horrible image. Almost all of them involving women being hurt and um, abused and um, frightened, often weeping in pain. And actually, this in some terrible way seems to be, have become the mainstream of mainstream porn. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what dominates the, the output. It isn't about sexual desire at all. It feels like it's all about punishment and putting women in their place. It's, it, it's, the erotic element is one of the least um, dominant feelings. Do you think that you would see these feminist directors or these feminist porn performers as trying to address that, trying to essentially save porn by providing alternatives to this quite dark thing that you're describing? I think that, in theory, um, porn producers... Um, uh, that is, ones who are working um, against the mainstream, are in a really difficult position. 
because on one hand they are confronted with how to make a living, how to to sustain themselves um, by producing the kind of work but that isn't like this and dehumanizing. Um, but the reality seems to be that you know women do not buy enough porn to balance out the vast endless churning of the mainstream porn industry. So while the dream of feminist porn was that we would then go into the world and combat it by using different images, giving us beautiful, more interesting, more uh, positive images, the reality hasn't been that. Um, it's enormously difficult for porn, feminist porn producers to make a living um, because why buy when you can buy when you can get for free uh, a ceaseless round of, of images, even if they are offensive. You need the customer base. You need the people that are going to buy the free-range eggs and the organic food because it costs the farmers more to produce it. I guess it costs more to pay the workers a, a fair wage and I suppose if you don't have a base of customer that's going to pay that additional price. As yet, it doesn't have the kind of audience ship that would allow it to keep afloat. So this, I suppose, is about whether or not feminists entering into a deeply misogynistic, perhaps, industry and then trying to produce something, to a certain extent, in the same in its image. You know, but you know, clearly it's, it's not working that, at the moment, as it stands, it's not working that well, because otherwise people would be buying it in, in spades and it's not happening, so... I think it's a really good point that... Feminist porn is incredibly niche. It's a tiny little pocket in the big behemoth that is mainstream porn. But it, I think, punches it above its weight, perhaps, in its influences on in the, in the man that it's discussed in the media and the, the people that art that gets influenced by it. I think feminist porn was and is a great idea. I mean, it's such a wonderful idea. The idea of creating counter-images... The idea of um, finding fresh ways to to make porn is wonderful. The problem is that, in fact, it's just very few people have seen it, don't know how to consume them, where to consume them, and certainly don't seem willing to put their money in their hand in their pocket to, to, to pay for it. If you go and you look for statistics on porn, you'll get very different results from different sources. So mm. people will say, this many women watch porn, this mm. many women. And they're all trying to... They'll all have, I guess, a different agenda, but what you won't hear anyone saying is that women watch as much as men. Yeah. So women watch less porn than men. And I'm curious to, to hear why you think that is. One argument that I think is um, is an interesting one is is, is the question of shame. Women, you know, in cultural studies jargon, are are kind of brought up to watch themselves all the time because we are what we are. We are, you know, we are a commodity. We are a product. We are watched to see whether we're beautiful and whether we're attractive enough. We're we're constantly surveyed, and so in some ways, it's no wonder that women are then watch themselves watching things like porn and feel some discomfort. It's part of the mechanism of, 
of what it is to be feminine or female in our culture, that we are both ourselves and watch ourselves at the same time. And that reality means that, that, that issues like porn become very, very complicated. That was Andrea Stewart, author of the essay Travels in Pornland, in discussion with Granta Magazine's Josie Mitchell. You can find a link to the piece in the description below. If you enjoyed it, subscribe to the podcast for more interviews and stories. And if you'll leave us a review and a rating, it'll help other people find the show.